It's another massive day, another massive week in Canadian soccer circles. We've got another international day with Mexico. We've got Canadian Premier League playoffs and, of course, the Canadian Championship final in Montreal on Sunday as well. We'll talk about all of that on this edition of Waking the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks. My name is Mitchell Tierney and ahead on today's show, big clash with Mexico coming up. So we'll chat with Oliver Platt of One Soccer. He's live from Edmonton to get you set for the game today, as well as I'm sure many other topics. But first, as always, the main man, Jeffrey Pinesker, Michael Singh, what's up, boys? Massive, massive week again. Um, I said this in the past, but these national team games now, there's a there's a completely different energy around them. I, I don't think it's an energy, I don't know, Mitch, you'd probably be able to speak best to this. I don't think it's an energy any of us have ever felt before uh, when, when games like this come around and, and watching that game on Friday night. Like it, I tweeted this out, but it felt like the whole of all of Canada was watching. I saw some some numbers also being thrown around on Twitter, which was uh, spectacular. You know, <laughs> really rivaling the Leafs and, and Flames game, which is absolutely beating absurd. Them. Beating them, absolutely. I think it ended up Coming being rivaling them because he forgot to okay. include the, the West numbers from Calgary. But oh, still, like, <laughs> it goes with it, that, still. The point is, is that they're they're up there and people are starting mm. to take notice. People are starting to care. I turn on Sportsnet, Sports Center, and I'm seeing previews of this match and people teeing up this match. It's it's talked about really all over Canada, and mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier, man. I couldn't be happier. It's it's about time. Yeah, forget yeah, what about did, the what West did Coast, say? That never happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did <laughs> what did what did Tej say? Uh, uh, that this is like Shark Week for for uh, for John Herdman appearances <laughs> and hits all over all over yeah. the media. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I turn on any of the Canadian news channels, and I'm guaranteed either a Molinaro or a Cloaky or or an Ollie, maybe. Like, it's just or or even you, Mike. It's just everyone's doing hits. It's nuts. It's uh. It, it the vibe Even is so you. insane. What does that mean? What's that? Well, just because I see you every day. <laughs> <laughs> I see you every day, so it's a surprise when I see you on my on my big news uh, broadcast. No, as man, well. just to be to be mentioned along so those alongside those guys is uh, is an honor, Jeff. So I appreciate you throwing me in there at the end. Uh, but man, <laughs> I got to I got to shout all of those guys out because the amount of work that they're doing to, to cover this national team, just absolutely mm. spectacular. All of them are, are friends of the show and they've been doing this for a very long time. So I'm happy to see it kind of come around where people are starting to really, you know, take notice, take even more notice of them, um, even the casual soccer supporters. So it's great to see. Yeah. And they're, and they're super giddy too. I mean, I, I think you all saw the tweet where they were doing an over under on uh, Adam Jenkins making the length of the <laughs> Commonwealth pitch. That was impressive. Running, running, a lot. running like a, I mean, moving. I wear Blundstones every day, man. That was impressive. I would have done yeah. a face plant for sure in that. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Very, very impressive. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but, but I am seriously regretting my decision not to get my ass on a plane and uh and spend a week or so in in edmonton uh you know looked like a hell of a time yeah absolutely i mean i i think there's obviously been a lot of talk about uh about edmonton over the past couple of days and um over the past couple of weeks and again i think you know mike always says goalposts are moving and and i think that's uh i think that's again one of the one of the things that we can talk about in terms of this, where Canada wins their game in Edmonton and there's still hand wringing over, oh, like the surface didn't provide them an opportunity to play a beautiful game or, or like play to their abilities. And, you know, at the end of the day and World Cup qualifying, they got the three points, I think. And um, look, it wasn't 
against Costa Rica. It wasn't a perfect effort by any means. There was, it, it was maybe, especially in light of the Panama game and, and the way they just thoroughly dominated that one. I think it was, it wasn't maybe quite to the same level, but again, there was never really any doubt in that game that if a team was going to win it, it was going to be Canada. That's the expectation now, Mitch. Mm-hmm. That's that's like the bare minimum now, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we should have been. Um, and I, you know, I want to find that episode because I want to find that clip. But I remember telling you guys this, like I want to say, like four months ago, mm-hmm. and I truly believed at that time was Canada is a dark horse to not only finish top three in the group, but they're a dark horse to compete with the United States and Mexico for that second spot, even that first spot. And I I mean, to see it play out like this, I'm not sure if I I thought it would happen like this quickly. You know, they're the only undefeated team left in the CONCACAF region, which is quite remarkable because I don't think anyone would have guessed that or predicted that, especially considering that they've played Mexico away. They've played the United States away. You know, they've, they've had some really tough matches and, for them to be sitting where they are right now, I mean, it's it's a it's a win all around for Canada. And like I mentioned off the bat, like the whole country is now taking notice of this team. Like this, enjoy the wave, everybody. I've mentioned this a couple times, but enjoy the wave because it's not going to be this this nice clique that we have anymore. <laughs> it's going to be mainstream, but it's a beautiful thing because that's something we wanted for so long. It's something this team has deserved for so long. These players have deserved for so long, and. You know, I was reading an interesting John Herdman piece on Sky Sports News, and he mm-hmm. sat down with an exclusive for them. And, you know, he was talking about the ripple effect sort of this could have, not only for the men's game in this country, but also for the women's game. You get into a yeah. World Cup, there's that exposure, there's a lot of money that comes in, and really, there's now a demand to push the game as a whole in our country further. Um, and that's how you do it. It's by qualifying for these World Cups. So hopefully... You know, the path that we continue to stay on the right path here and, and all goes well the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, certainly. And yeah, again, a huge game tonight for that reason. I mean, you know, it feels like if Canada gets another result, they stay undefeated tonight, whether that's a draw or a win, like they're this close. They're this yeah. close after that. And um, yeah, especially, you know, again, you look at the table, you look how close Panama is, but. That almost seems a little bit. I, w- I wanted to bring this up. That almost seems because I was looking at Panama's schedule a little bit inflated just because Panama they haven't gone away to US, Mexico, or Costa Rica yet, and they're playing Canada again. So, just one note I wanted to make we'll get to Ali in, a, in one second here, but I do think that in, in a tiny bit of a way, Panama's had one of the easier schedules so far. So, even, even if they catch Canada tonight, if Canada draws or, or loses, like I do think you know, run of games, Canada's in a really good spot right now. That's a, That's a very, point. very great point. Absolutely. And I, I do want to go uh, circle back to the Herdman quote, because I thought it was really, really, really insightful. But we have our our, our person of honor here right now. And uh, <laughs> and I think it it, it bodes to, to invite them on in the real. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, cool. let's go live to Edmonton here and uh, bring on. <laughs> live to Edmonton. He's probably Mr. heard that a few times. <laughs> eh? yeah. That's fabulous. <laughs> how are you doing, hey guys, Ollie? How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Good, Ollie. Thanks jealous. for uh, thanks massively for the time, jealous. Man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, so 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 less, jealous. You might be less so when you're indoors tonight and warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. The weather here is not not amazing either, so it's not like yeah. we're even right. you know saving too much. But 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of places we could start here, but uh, I guess let's let's start with the past here. You know, Edmonton getting to host that first game against Costa Rica. What was like? What was that like in general for in terms of both Canada and and what that result means, and also just the the atmosphere and everything that went into that game in Edmonton. Yeah, it was a really great night. Um, you know, not just the kind of game itself, where obviously the crowd was was incredible, seeing that many people in in a stadium supporting the men's national team, but also just afterwards as well. You know, I went out to a couple of bars afterwards, and the whole city is Canada fans. Right, we can get in anywhere. Um, so just nice. to, to see like the national team really take over a place like this for a night was was pretty cool. Um, the game itself, I I, I think it was. It was a difficult one, right? Obviously, the result is the most important thing, and, and Canada got the job done, so it's all good there. But Costa Rica came for a point. They didn't really have any interest in much more than that. It was difficult to play against them as a result. And, you know, I, I don't think it was quite one of those nights that we've seen, like Panama, for example, where Canada breaks the game open and the crowd really responds to that and gets behind that. And it, you know, it feels like one you're going to remember for a long time. I'm hoping this evening with you know with Mexico obviously being more of an aggressive team and, and coming out and playing or we'll see I guess I don't know how they're going to respond to <laughs> to what they've flown into here but um, I'm hoping it'll be a more open game more of a back and forth game and, and that'll get the crowd going even more than we saw uh, last week <laughs> fantastic I'm having trouble not chuckling because I watched that Adam Jenkins uh, tweet this morning and all I see when I see your face is just I'm smashing that under while he's running like a, like a crazy person he's fast um, man we, we play soccer and he's like he's yeah. annoyingly young still <laughs> <laughs> but Blundstones man I wear them and I'm not an athlete yeah. I can barely I can barely make it to like a jog in those suckers so those blisters um, have been ridiculous <laughs> yeah well when they're brand new they're the worst shoes in the world but when you work them in they're absolutely amazing but the first two weeks are atrocious anyway Ollie let's talk what everybody's talking about advantage disadvantage um do mm. you think and again the story isn't written on this yet and I think a lot hinges on this game. But do you see this as an advantage for Canada? Or do you think this was maybe a sh over? Do you think maybe, you know, the desire to get the FIFA inspectors in and all of that other stuff and move the game around superseded uh, a competitive advantage here? I am um, like looking at the weather today, like I really have no idea what's going to happen. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to think, think through all the different scenarios of what this game yeah. could look like. And it's just... I don't know. The one thing I keep coming back to is I don't think it can be worse for Canada than it will be for Mexico, right? And and mm -hmm. Mexico's preparation has been slightly weird. Like, they only got here last night. I don't think they've even been on the pitch yet. Um, and the pitch, even when it was relatively mild compared to today last week, is not good. Like, it's, it's mm -hmm. a bad pitch and it's difficult to play on. Uh, and it takes some getting used to. So, um, I, I think... If I had to guess, I would say I think there will be an advantage because nice. I think the way Mexico play, they are going to need at least 20, 30 minutes here to get used to how this field plays and, and Canada could take advantage of that. I also don't know how they're going to you know, respond to, to how cold it is and the snow and all of that. So like like I said, I, I think it's difficult to say, but I, I just can't see it being a disadvantage for Canada in any way. It, it might be a wash. It might be a game that just kind of gets written off a little bit because the conditions yeah. are too difficult for both teams that's the worst case scenario <laughs> okay but i don't think uh, i don't think it can be any worse than that i don't think it's going to disadvantage canada do you think the worst case scenario is the game gets canceled i mean uh matt doyle just in the last uh, 10 minutes uh, said Concacaf should low-key cancel it which maybe isn't the most trustworthy source but certainly it's it's out <laughs> there it's it's in the twitter verse now 
Um, mm. I don't think it will be. A, they've covered the pitch, so I think they'll be able to get all the snow off it. And we've been told that it takes five days of minus 15 or worse for the pitch to freeze. Nice. Um, so we nice. should be okay. Um, it, like, I'm not going to lie, I've been on the pitch and it feels pretty firm even before <laughs> it got really cold. So, again, it's not a good surface. I don't think there's yeah. any point in lying about that. It's, it's not great, but um, I think it will be okay as far as getting the game played. Nice. I love it. I love the way that Canada soccer is branding this as well. I mean, like, you know, Mexico, it has the Azteca, and I'm looking here in the, <laughs> the, the wake in the red slack chat, and, and we see the word Azteca going around. I love that. Uh, Absolutely <laughs> rule. Anyway, yeah. By all means, just give us a little shout out, Ollie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, anyways, like, getting back to that, that's obviously the major talking point, and I feel like a part of that is the intimidation. Like, yeah, sure, when it comes down to it, it surely will make a difference. But even just heading here to, to Canada, you know, all the rumors that people, you know, hear about Canada, you know, Canadians living igloos, whatever it is, you know, a, a Canadian wind st- or snowstorm, like that must play some sort of effect on the on the Mexican players' minds heading into this match, which is why, you know, I, I love it. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that too. Do you think that sort of plays with their, their mind a little bit? Yeah, I, I think it could do. Like, I'm, I'm kind of split in two minds on this. Part of me thinks, like, these guys are top-level players and, you know, they've played in, in some difficult conditions throughout their lives, you know, whether when they were kids growing up or in various environments, you know, when they've been professional players. And I, I don't want to kind of patronize, you know, some some pretty top-class Mexican players who I think should be able to respond um, and, and, and still you know, play through this. But at the same time, you, you look at the way Mexico are as a team under Martino in particular now, and like they're a team that likes rhythm, right? Pass, 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 get players moving and, you know, very controlled kind of rotations and things like that. And that's just going to be really tough tonight. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be any secret that Canada will come out and press them and try and play really direct and really vertical and use all their speed. And on, on that front, I think it, it, it sounds like a game that matches up pretty well for Canada, given the conditions and, and how difficult it's going to be to get any kind of rhythm going. So we'll see. As, as I said, like making predictions about this game feels yeah. incredibly <laughs> futile for me right now. No, for sure. I appreciate it. And my actual question is, I want to actually address someone on the team. And this is someone John Herdman was, was talking about a lot after the match. And it's Sam Atacube. And we can talk about, you know, the performance that he put in on Friday night against Costa Rica. He was absolutely great. But his his development, he's really come along and won a, si- a place on this team, um, you know, whether it is a rotation place or whatever it is. But he's earned Herdman's trust at playing that fullback position when that's arguably one of the positions that Canada have the most depth when you're competing with, you know, Davies, Larea, Alistair Johnston, even obviously Tejan Buchanan as well. And for him to come in and, and earn a spot there, that, that says something about him. Can you just talk a little bit about Atacube and his uh, ascension? Yeah, he's, he's come a long way since he was in MLS, I think in particular. And, you know, even over the past year or so and going to Turkey now is he's taken another step. Um, I think what they they really like about him is that he gives them like a natural attacking left back, and obviously there's there's one player, a big player, who could do that and do that to a very <laughs> high level. But they don't want to obviously use Davies in that role. It seems like a, anymore they want to use him high up the field, whether it's as a forward or as a winger. Um, and so having that option, you know, Richie can do it, but he's right footed, so there's naturally a bit of a difference there. Um, having a player like Adekubi who can, who can come in and, and really give you width and give you a quality from from a left-back position and an attacking sense has, has been really valuable. So 
I think you, you look at the Costa Rica game and they were quite keen in that game because Costa Rica had had 10 days to prepare. They wanted to show them something different, basically, to, to what they've done so far. So we've seen them in that back three where Johnston stays deep and they build up from a back three. And they didn't want to do that again because they thought that Costa Rica would, would have prepared for that. So instead, they play Adekubi, who gets forward down the left. They play Larea, gets forward down the right. They haven't really done that with both fullbacks being very, very aggressive and very attacking before. And it was something that, you know, they felt could maybe surprise them a little bit. So just having different options in terms of the profile of players you can put in those positions yeah. helps a lot and, and keeps it fresh. And that's one thing Canada have been very good at, right, is the, the tactical versatility. You don't really know what they're going to do game to game. Yeah, this is obviously a hugely emotional game for Canada, given how the last two have gone. This is a game that they consider a big measuring stick for them against one of the huge teams in CONCACAF. With all that in mind, who's maybe a player you'll be watching for tonight to see kind of how they respond to this big occasion and and this opportunity You know, Canada has in front of them to even potentially go top of, of the group? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, obviously, one that, that stands out is Atiba Hutchinson, not in really in terms of how he's going to respond maybe because he's a, the most experienced player on the team. But, um, you know, he didn't start against Costa Rica. I think that was largely due to not wanting to have him go back to back on the pitch again. Um, so I, I think he's going to start tonight. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. And, you know, obviously there's all the significance of him taking the the Caps record from, from Julian de Guzman, which makes mm-hmm. it a big night to begin with, but also just the the way the game is, is going to, kind of pan out I think he's going to have a lot to do in that central midfield mm-hmm. area against probably three Mexican players in Canada usually only plays two we'll see if Azoria comes back in um, and just the influence that he could have on this game you know he he has that ability to almost be two players in there with the amount of ground he covers the way he can go box to box the way he protects the the defense as well he, he's going to need to have a really big night uh, I think in that in that midfield and Eustachio obviously as well, but I, I think Atiba comes back in and has a really big role to play. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, there is another big game as well coming up on One Soccer on Sunday that we'll we'll end this with. Um, mm-hmm. That's, of course, the Canadian Championship and, um, you know, a, an interesting one, of course, because two teams that will be disappointed with how their season went. I think Montreal, you know, they slightly surprised people with how close they got to the playoffs, but they'll still be disappointed that they didn't make it. And then Toronto, of course, there's no no uh, <laughs> rose coloring what, what happened there this season. Um, so both <laughs> these teams will will really want this game in terms of, you know, having something to look forward to or something to to point back at this season for. Um, so with that in mind, you know, how, how are you feeling going into this matchup? And, and yeah, what's the, I guess, what's the preview? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I think Montreal, like I, I still think they're on the right track, obviously, disappointing to miss the playoffs but I think they they were better than they were last year they took some good steps mm-hmm. forwards um and they'll be feeling like I, I don't know if you can call a season you can't call the season a success if you miss the playoffs in MLS in my opinion mm-hmm. but at least to finish it with a trophy and to feel like you're you're kind of heading in the right direction and I think they would have been there if Kyoto had stayed healthy for for longer than he did um they're feeling a bit differently to TFC who you know want to win the game and want to start to get things back on track here but I think regardless of the result like there's got to be changes in this offseason yeah. right it doesn't it doesn't make any difference to to that so i think you've got decisions to make on all three designated players i don't know if you can do them all in one offseason but they're all there and relevant um <laughs> and obviously a lot to think about in terms of the head coach and and 
you know, probably bringing in a, a new head coach as well. So there's a ton to go through. It's, it's one of the biggest off seasons I think TFC has ever had. But certainly, if you can win a trophy and end this year on the right note, it at least gives you gives the fans, I think, more than anything, something to to feel like a, a, a little bit of positivity about after a really tough year. Yep. Yeah. And and look, uh, we can we can hire Tata because if we beat Mexico or get a draw tonight, <laughs> he'll probably be looking for a job. So there we go. Everything's coming up. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that would actually be a really interesting one. Michael, you mm-hmm. always have a question after I say we've asked the last question. So you got any last? Oh, uh, buddy, I got I got things. a bunch in my back pocket. <laughs> I want to I want to just quickly chime in and, and ask you about uh about one soccer in general and kind of how it how it's been like covering this national team with so many eyes now on you and just the evolution of you know the the broadcast behind the scenes and what's going into it. What's that been like for you, Ollie? And I see you're you're doing you're taking things in stride. You're doing a really good job. So I'm wondering how <laughs> all of that has been. It. Thank you. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. Uh, it's been it's been crazy. Um, obviously, like to to have these games and then to have you know obviously the partnership with Sportsnet as well. Now I think our our audience was seven hundred thousand or something for the Costa Rica game, which. Mm-hmm. Like is is a different world to what you're doing when you're streaming, mm-hmm. right? Streaming is still catching up in terms of the viewership numbers. There's no question about it. So oh, yeah. to be on cable is 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 a completely different thing, and you know, very demanding for the whole company in terms of how much work goes into it right now with a very small group of people. But like, obviously, just uh, just enjoying it and enjoying the fact that you know, when you think about it, like we're not going to have games like this for for quite a while. Obviously, the World Cup will be massive, and those would be huge games but in terms of having actual games in canada at home playing against you know playing with real stakes and and against good opponents it's not going to be qualification for 2026 so you're waiting for those 2026 world cup games before we see something like this again so um yeah it's, it's, it's really special just trying to take it all in and enjoy it and um yeah obviously it's been great for for one soccer to have you know such a an amazing year on both sides of the national team uh coming out of the pandemic especially yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Ollie. I know it's a it's a busy day for you, so <laughs> we really appreciate you taking the time. And yeah, best of, best of luck with the broadcast tonight, and obviously enjoy it. I mean, it's it's another massive moment for Canadian soccer, so, so I'm sure you mm-hmm. will. Um, yeah, it'll be a wait, wait. Canada's one. playing a game tonight. What are you talking about? <laughs> so oh, I better clear up my yeah. I better clear up my evening plans. <laughs> okay, okay. Thanks, guys. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, thank you, All right, Ollie. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Cheers, it. Ollie. Good luck today, man. Cheers. Thank you. All right. Mr. Oliver Platt. So the, the, uh, Waking the Red the w- alumni, guys. Mm-hmm. Waking Absolutely. the Red alumni. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Waking the Red, the Slack chat is exploding because nobody else has got their uh, their V-shirt except for <laughs> you and I, Mitch. I didn't wear mine today, <laughs> thankfully, because apparently you're you're the worst and, and everybody doesn't like you anymore. So. Oh, no, I'm on board with that. Yeah, but no, that's, that's, a, that's a good shout, though. Like, shout out to the Voyagers and everything that they've mm-hmm. been doing to really create that atmosphere. You can hear it coming through the TV and... From everything that I've heard and people I've spoken to, it's 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 special down there right now in Edmonton. Yeah. So, shout out to them; they're doing an amazing job, and a lot of it is is volunteer work. So, for them mm-hmm. to be able to do that is is special, and we can't commend them enough for, for really you know building that culture here in Canada. Yeah, yeah, I think that's honestly been like my first reaction to the last 
every World Cup qualifying game in this final round so far is just like even even when it was the first fifteen thousand or whatever they could do with the limited capacity people, it's like just look at that crowd. Like it yeah. sets the tone so well. Like I don't like even yeah, when the TV came on and they're showing Edmonton, you're just like you're getting goosebumps because yep. this is this isn't what it's been like for for so so long. And it just feels like again when, when we're talking about how big these games feel like like that plays into it so much is like these are big game crowds showing up for big games in Canada like this is something we've never seen before 100%. certainly on the men's well, side so Mitch they might fill that or they will back to back nights of 50,000 in the same city yeah. and I saw a tweet from Jeremiah Jeremiah Ocean who is managing editor of SB Nation as a whole um, mm-hmm. he said he doesn't think there's a place in the US that would be able to do that is fill the same spot back to back fifty thousand plus for World Cup qualifying matches. So that's just a testament to just how much support this team is getting. And as I mentioned, like it's it's on a national scale now. And we're not only seeing them, you know, potentially come close to breaking a record tonight for people in the stadium, we're seeing them break records for people watching these games all around. Yeah. And that just there's no greater measuring stick than that, that people are tuning in and paying attention to what's happening to soccer in Canada which is mm-hmm. such a such a great feeling. Yeah, and I think it's proof of like something we've talked about for a long time which is that this has always been a soccer country, right? Like there's there's never been any doubt that a ton of people in Canada watch soccer. But yeah. it's always been other soccer. It's always been the Premier League, it's always been the Bundesliga. But then all of a sudden Canadians started popping up in those leagues and I think a lot of people were like, <laughs> "Whoa, wait a second here." And now all of those people are really starting to embrace the men's national team as well because they've gotten to that level where, you know, this team is so much fun to watch. Like even, yeah. even they're playing Costa Rica on a crap. On, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll you can say like, it. It's a crappy pitch. Yeah, uh, they're not going to take away your key to the city, man. No, Don't no. worry. About it. <laughs> on, a, on a crappy pitch in Edmonton, <laughs> like it, it, they're they're trying bicycle kicks. They're doing like all kind like Sam Atacuki yeah. spinning guys, ball rolling guys. Like this is a, this is just a fun team to watch in general, and like people are taking notice of that, and that's that's why you're getting these back to back fifty thousand. You know, crowds. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not sure. comfortable. Like fifty thousand people freezing their their cans off. Yeah, right? that like, too. They're not, they're not going for like a day at the beach. They're going mm-hmm. for like an endurance ninety that's, minute of endurance. That's so session, Canadian, right? though. Like, yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so us, yeah. man. Yeah, it, it really is. It and really you know is, what it is? Like, like mm-hmm. people are starting to care because now they're starting to understand. And the big reason for them understanding is the amount of coverage that they're getting. And I mentioned this a couple times already, but I'm so happy that we're starting to see. All of this preview, all of this teeing up of these matches on, on Sportsnet, Sports Center, because now people are becoming educated about it. The average fan that turns yeah. on TSN or Sportsnet, they're now under you go to sportsnet.ca, they go to TSN, you go to CBC. They're now the top stories on those sites because it it's it meet you hear World Cup, you hear Canada, you hear all the hype that's building up around them. Whoa, Canada can actually be in a World Cup. And they want to learn. And I'm so happy that that is happening and Hey, it's a uh, it's been a long time coming, right? I mean, I still I still think that there'll be a a, a drop off, right? Soccer's not for everybody. It's not the North American mindset. I mean, there was a one Herdman interview. I think it was um, uh, the hockey guy that everybody loves. The uh, whatever his name is, it's got a, I don't David's name. Of- uh Connor McDavid no Connor McDavid didn't interview John Herdman oh, sorry. No, okay. a, a, a sports guy no, no, uh, about the uh, thing, but... yeah but but you know they were the guy was saying I, I hate soccer and uh you know there's not enough goals and I do think that that will will 
tear people away. I mean, Herdman had the perfect, he didn't take the, the, the opportunity to say, well, you know, soccer, it's not, you know, those midfield battles are goals in themselves, right? Like all of that action that happens around the goals could be considered Bob McCowan. That's the guy. That's the guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 Anyway, anyway, Bob, Bob came into it from, from a perspective that I figure a lot of, a lot of casual Canadian fans are coming into it. Um, you know, the Costa Rica game for us, we and again, this feels like gatekeeping, but we see the nuance and we realize that the pitch didn't help anybody. But for someone coming into that cold, if you pardon the very obvious pun, they may be turned off because it is soccer isn't a high scoring game. And it is all about the subtleties of the of the battles. I, and that I feel like you're thing. discrediting some of these people a little bit because I, I absolutely am. I absolutely am. And I and I hope I'm proven wrong. You know what I mean, but yeah, but like, I don't think it's yeah. an end-all, be-all there with what you're saying. I think like yeah. a lot of people can adjust, um, but I mean, when you watch that game, you see the environment. I remember, like, you know, when Toronto FC had the liveliest crowd in MLS, I'd always take my friends there. People who never watch soccer, mm. I would take my friends there, and they'd have a, a, a ball of a time because of the environment that was there. They're not yeah. used to yeah. fans that are singing twenty-four-seven, chanting twenty-four-seven, creating that 100%. atmosphere, mm-hmm. and that's just a special spectacle to kind of take in by the lakeshore and i feel like the same way with these national team matches i know there's a lot of soccer or hockey guys that i grew up with um Mm -hmm. they would always watch like the euro finals or the world cup finals and for me these games are on the same level as those matches because we have our own country finally participating in those matches so i i I wouldn't say that like you know i don't don't want to discredit them and say that you know they they can't enjoy it but I get what no. you're saying. I get no, I just, what you're saying. I just think there, there's yeah. a barrier. Like all of that hype will eventually meet like the first filtration of people that are like, nah, this just ain't for me. You know, like, uh, and, and you have to adjust for that. Um, that being well, said, yeah, the exp- the game day experience papers over a hell of a lot of cracks in terms of excitement and, yeah. and, you know, never, never ever underestimate the power of a winning team in, in attracting, you know, you know, Joe public as, That's as it, a super yeah. fan. Right. Um, you finally so, get a chance to watch Alfonso this, Davies well, too, right? Yeah. 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 And exactly, also what I'd say exactly. is this, like another thing that people are buying into is this is such a Canadian team. I mean, first off this team looks like Canada, which is something that's been <laughs> that's well documented. True. Like, yeah, very, very from, fair. Yeah. From everywhere. Um, be it like Serbia, you know, like, like, so many different parts of the globe. There's Canadian players with heritage love that, yeah. from that. Yeah, I so love that's, that. That's part of it. Um, I don't think there's many other national teams, if any, that look like this, like the same level. Well, of because there's not a lot of nations that, that look like Canada. Sure, that's fair. The, that's the, fair, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing is like, and another thing that I think a lot of people, and again, I frequent a lot of hockey people, so this is this is something that they attract to, but like they love the fight in this team. Like, and, yeah, and I and I'm mixed on that. That's too, a very a little, good a little point bit because I think Canada, like I think there's there's going to be at least once in this World Cup qualifying cycle where they get themselves into a little bit too I'll much trouble. Win. Might oh, be, yeah, yeah fair, fair enough. Richie like, Lerae, yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like Richie, well, no, suddenly Richie Lerae's jersey sales went up a thousand percent, and everybody yeah. in Edmonton has one. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. people like people do respond to the fact that, you know, someone shoves Alfonso and all of a sudden there's 11 Canadian shirts. <laughs> the other team. I it. Like it, I, yeah, I, I yeah. do think it's more positive than it is negative for this group, because I think that brotherhood that they've talked about just pours out when they're on the field. And that's, that's a yeah. big part of it. And that's, you know, that is a Canadian 
kind of mentality is that we stick up for our own, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's been something mm-hmm. that's been yeah, I think, you I know think that's and it's been missing. It's been missing for decades. And I think maybe that's why there haven't been so many of those of the of that crossover, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's something John Herman talked yeah. about, right, Jeff? In that in that yeah. article. Was that when yeah. he first came into the national team, it was a divided group. You had obviously, you know, some of the Scottish what um that was divided (laughs) with you know some of the other nations and you know there's literally like physical altercations in training sessions of like scrums of canadians going after each other and john herman said that was one of the things that he needed to come in and address and that's why i feel like we hear that but brotherhood term thrown around so much because it's from where they came where they came to where they want to be and that brotherhood is is kind of that that identity in them because that's not what it was before and obviously, well, I mean, what of... did yeah? Go what ahead, did Julian yeah. de Guzman say in, in his interview? Like it was more of a vacation than an actual uh, mm-hmm. playing experience. You know, like yeah. they, when they got the call up, they were like, "Cool, I'll pack my uh, my soccer kit and a whole bunch of board shorts and and maybe my snorkeling equipment and, and get a get a couple sessions in." So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we my respect for John Herdman is so humongous. It's unbelievable. And we'll circle, I'll circle back now because that quote was bracing at first where he said, and again, it's a bit of revisionist history, but, but essentially he said, you know, he had seen the ceiling on the women's side uh, with respect to funding. They were winning, they were winning all kinds of, all kinds of trophies. They were, they were increasing their visibility by leaps and bounds, but the envelope that he got on his desk, the funding year by year never increased. And so he made the calculus. If I, if we can get the men's team to a, n- another echelon, this will have a trickle down effect for soccer for both genders. And he was right. Um, which he said his heart is still with the women's team. It's it's a horrible fact. It really is. It's not a it's not a good fact. It doesn't fill me with happiness. But there's a certain cold logic to it. Um, you know, in 2021, money talks, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and so you know, as, as bracing as that quote was, and as unfortunate as it was, because nobody likes to, to hear that from, you know, to have those kind of fears realized, but, but yeah, I mean, we're doing great things for both, for both games right now. It can't be, it can't be ignored. And that was his message to the men's national team too, is that they're not only doing it for themselves, they're doing it for the entire country and the game as a whole, for the women's team, for, you know, the, all the amateur teams, all the sport in this country in general. Um, You get to a world cup, the sport in this country naturally grows. It follows because now there's more investment. There's people who care. There's people who want to get playing. And that starts with, with going to a world cup. And if we can get back to, you know, talking about tonight's match a little bit, Mitch, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. As you mentioned, like, a result today. I mean, I I, I still think that they have a, a really good shot now moving forward. But a result today, I mean, come on, guys, we're, we're talking about it. We're yeah, talking yeah. about it seriously. Yeah, and yep. I, what what I partially love is like this is the closest I think we've ever seen Canada to to concacapping. Like they the, like again the story this is on some this is, serious concacapping. The story on this is is unwritten, obviously. <laughs> and just, like the final conclusion yeah, of yeah. this is someone unwritten. Although again, I think the fact they picked up three points against Costa Rica already makes this at least partially a success. Sure. With with that being said, like 
the fact that Mexico hasn't been able to train on the pitch yet, the fact they're going into cold conditions, the fact that shout Canada's out to already... that United girls team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're told. They're told not. That not, was uh, Edmonton Scottish. That was yeah. uh, that was Jeff Paulus's new uh, new side. Yeah, yeah. So love love that. Obviously, like again, this is stuff that Canada has been dealing with for decades. Ever. So yeah. To, to have a little bit of you know our own revenge again. Revenge is a dish best served cold. <laughs> and Canada hey. doing that in, in yep. spades. Um, yep. So I, I mean, again, the fact that Canada's been able to not only play one game but train on this pitch for a while, and you could see even towards the end of that Costa Rica game, I stretch, agree. They started to yeah. figure this pitch out. They're playing some yeah. balls with backspin where they jump back <laughs> to guys like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that gives them a distinct Uh-oh. advantage going into tonight's game. Did I just lose? Much? Well, not only, no, I still got it, but not only the pitch, Mitch, but also, I mean, I think they've been doing this all along. They've been, if you think back to that BMO field game where I have, who was it on the sideline that grabbed the player? Um, Daniel Henry. Mm-hmm. Grab grab the player in the corner and just I think it was against Panama perhaps where the, they yeah. had the big like bench yeah. clearance scrum and, you know, they're bought into the fact that the, if they have to get dirty if they have to play the CONCACAF way they will do it they're finding unique ways to do it I mean once a game you see whoever's in net go down injured John Herman quickly calls his team over you see a complete new tactical side go out like the little things that are you know, that are just happening that really Canada is, is going all out here in terms of doing whatever it takes to win and I'm all for it because this is as you said Mitch this has been happening to them for so many years and I'm happy yeah. to see them take things in their own hands and take control. Can we talk a little bit about how much of a legend Milan Borjan was in that game in general? <laughs> I mean every free kick Canada got late in that game do you know how far up the pitch he like all those free kicks were at least like 20 yards in front of where, where the actual foul happened. You just kept rolling <laughs> it and rolling it. And like, I couldn't believe he didn't get called on it, but yeah, like you said, Canada's finally starting to, uh, to figure this out. I, I don't know why, like this is kind of tangential, but I, rem- I was remembering uh, the last time Canada played Panama in 2012. One of the funny, funnier CONCACAF things I've ever seen was uh, I think it was uh Stamatopoulos, I think that was, was his name. He was like a back of the time, played a couple games for TFC. One of the balls came on the bench. You know those duffel bags where you like, or not duffel bags, but those like tote bags where you pull them with the strings? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, caught yeah. the ball in that, put the strings in it, and just tossed the ball behind him. <laughs> and, like, the Panama <laughs> team lost it, but it was one of the funnier CONCACAF things I've ever seen. So, <laughs> I, I don't love know it, why, man. but that, that, that just got, like, I just got reminded of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't buy those sweatpants, by the way. Everybody wants them, but you cannot buy them. Uh, uh, there, there, there is a workaround, though. Just buy the Nike training pants and a Canada patch and make DIY it for yourself. They won't be padded like a goalkeeper's pants, but I mean, we can't get a kit right now. And you thought you were going to get pants. <laughs> bless, bless, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's such a honestly all the build up, the matches, like everything that's going into it behind the scenes too. Like Canada's soccer's just done such a terrific job at everything. Like I feel like there's so much that's going on that like we don't even realize that they're doing to add to this experience and for them to, you know, have Edmonton sell out back to back, for them to create this atmosphere, for them to you know, figure out that partnership shut at one soccer with Sportsnet, get this broadcasted on our mainstream television networks at I mean 
it's it's really remarkable what's what's going on right now. Sure. Their socials have been killing it. Obviously, you had Justin Trudeau visit the team yesterday. <laughs> I mean, like this is this is as big as it gets, and they're doing it the right way. So I love this man, and I'm all all in for the ride right now. Yeah, yeah, well said, Absolutely. really well said. Well, we're 40 minutes into the show, and Toronto FC is playing in a Cup final before we have our next show, which is kind of ridiculous, but again, just shows the the impact that Canada soccer is having right now and how that's the the leading story. I love uh, how yeah. you said impact. No, oh, very nice. Yeah, I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't take that in, but <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that sets me up well for remembering to not say impact for the rest of the segment. But anyway, the third mm. time in the past five finals that Toronto FC will meet Montreal, obviously you can kind of consider it three and four because the TFC Forge one still still hasn't been played. Who knows when the heck that's the four of July, 2022, bitch. Yeah, right. Four <laughs> yeah. July, 2022. Yeah. yeah. So at some point we'll see that game, but some point, uh, yeah. yeah 1 PM in Montreal on Sunday. Unfortunately, no snow expected for that. I was kind of hoping, uh, just, <laughs> just everything considered it'd be kind of fun to see a, a Canadian championship game played in the snow, but that's Orange not going to happen. Final. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, how, how are we feeling going into this game guys? Because it is such an interesting one. Like it feels like such a, such a lull since the end of the season. And, you know, obviously with Montreal kind of disappointing at the end of the year as they did, there's, yeah, it's, it's a weird game for sure. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know what to expect. Cause as you mentioned, there's been, <laughs> there's been such a lull, like since the end of the season, I mean, TFC, obviously they started to look a little bit better. They started to look a little bit healthier. Um, and we know they've been gearing for this Canadian championship for some time. Whereas Montreal, that was not their priority, right? Their priority was was making the, the MLS Cup playoffs and and trying to get into that. But obviously that didn't happen. So now it shifts and they're they're trying to get a, a bit of a consolation prize, which I mean a pretty good consolation prize. Yeah, that's a con- pretty damn good consolation spot, prize. But yeah. yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. One thing I'll say is is TSC appear to have a healthy Josie Althor heading into that match and there's one thing we know about Josie is that he loves playing Montreal and you know, if TSC have Josie going, which I mean, he's been in way better form recently than he he was for really the last timing, two two and a half years. Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I think as, as Justin Moore was on our show last week, mentioning about how this is, you know, the last time we'll likely see a lot of these Toronto FC phases. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them want to go out on a really high note. A lot of them yeah. want to go out with with that trophy, and they they have something Patrick to Mullins play. hot trick incoming, baby! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I hope Patrick Mullins does not see the pitch. Oh, I, hope man. We're not, I hope we're not at that point. But hey, man, as I mentioned a few weeks back, on one game, winner take all, Toronto FC Montreal. I still like Toronto FC. I think they're on paper they're the better team, um, and I think. You know, if they have a lot of those guys, especially coming back from national team camp, and a lot of their players that are that are healthy and fit, then anything can happen really in this game. Even though Toronto FC had a miserable season, so I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if TSC find a way to take this one home. Are they training? I know they said they were going to, but we've mm. heard nothing. Yes, like, yes, they are training, training on yeah, a on a regular training schedule. Yep. Okay, yes, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And so yeah. are Montreal. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why would I mean? You I think it's well. I don't know. It's Montreal. I think it's interesting that <laughs> that Wilfred Nancy uh, got snubbed for coach of the year. 
and and Brian Schmetzer got nominated I wouldn't, again. I wouldn't really call that a snub. I know a lot of people were, so. were calling for it. Um, Look like at I, what he's done with Nancy them in, in did one season. Absolutely amazing yeah. job, but there's a lot of like, there's three nominees, right? Finalists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one, two, no doubt, in my opinion, was Bruce Arena, Robin Frazier. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. But and Brian Schmetzer, have, it just, it feels, it feels like an afterthought. Why not? nominate Nancy. I mean, we all know it's probably going to be Robin. He Fraser. missed the playoffs yeah. at the end of the day. The, the, the thing okay. is, okay. Dude, um, I like, I'm not sure how the, that's fair. I'm not, I'm not a player and or a coach. So I'm not sure how their ballots work, but the media ballots, you only get one vote. Yeah. So I don't think anyone's like Schmetzer is more deserving than a first of a first place vote for me than Wilford Nancy is like, I could see Nancy really? like being like a third or, or a second. Hmm. If you had like, if you had a a way to a three vote like that, yeah, 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 three yeah, vote, yeah. like yeah, I could see him getting in, but like if you're, like I can see more people voting Schmetzer as like a first. Then did you vote Schmetzer, Mitch? I did I not think vote you voted. Schmetzer. I voted. For <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, but there's uh, yeah. there's a few too. Like Sporting Kansas City had an amazing season. You know, Peter Vermees is absolutely fantastic coach. Um, yeah, he obviously yeah, yeah, yeah fair. What about what about the job Jim Curtin did? He lost Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie, and yet he's still able to finish second in, in the Eastern Conference table. Not a like bad there's shout. So, there's yeah. so many like viable options for that spot. You're right. Um, but I don't Armas. think. Chris yeah. Armas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, coach of the decade right there. Yeah, goat, goat, god, god, emperor of the decade. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, but yeah, Mitch, how are you feeling about this game? How are you feeling about Montreal-Toronto? Yeah, again, it's an interesting one. One thing that you mentioned that I think is is a good point and and kind of how I'm framing it a little bit now is like the the different mentalities between the two teams where like Toronto's known for a while that they have been out of the playoffs and this has been their big thing and they played like it. Like we've seen like their best two performances. I know the the teams obviously the, the caliber of, of opposition hasn't been up to to standard, but the, the most dominant Toronto's looked has been in those two Canadian championship games. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Like I think they've gotten up for those games in a way that they haven't for pretty much any other game that they've played in the It's a lot easier to get up for those games when oh, they mean sure. something. Yeah, as well, exactly. all, I mean, it's hard just... to stand up in sideways rain, but, you know, they did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and scored four goals too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think like th- there's – there's that from the Toronto FC perspective. And then from the Montreal perspective, you know, there it's, it's a little more tricky for them where they have that decision day disappointment. And like, it's, it takes some time to heal from that. Where like, they're yeah, going to feel yeah. like, I know Toronto season was obviously more disappointing, but like, they're going to feel that disappointment more right now, just because yeah, it's, it's so fresh. Screaming versus, hot fire. Yeah. Versus absolutely. Toronto's was a longer, slower, more painful burn over the course of the entire season. It's a it's a confidence hit where Toronto didn't have any confidence left to to be like yeah. take a hit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, the Montreal suffered that that blow as Mitch is alluding to there, and it's gonna you know take take some serious mentality a serious mentality change for them to turn that turn that around and right that ship. But hey, I, I think anything one game as we've seen so many times between these two teams, anything could happen. TFC, they're what seven-time Voyagers Cup winners reached the finals. I think the last five or six years, and last time they did it against Montreal. I mean, Montreal got the better of TFC, mm-hmm. and you know at that time TFC was the team that was dominating, and Montreal was yep, just kind of yep. there, you know, 
vying for that Canadian championship. But now the the tables have turned and, you know, maybe TFC can find a way to play spoiler in Montreal this time, which, uh, I mean, there goes, uh, there goes that, uh, what was it? The Toronto bias thing where (laughs) everything happens in Toronto. I feel like Canada soccer just had to put it in Montreal just to shut that crowd up. Well, it's also like one day past it not being playable. Like I think November 20th was the cutoff for when it's too frozen. So one day is agreeable, but any, after that, it had to be at BMO. So I think, uh, I think Kansok kind of, kind of took advantage of, of not falling into the Ontario bias trap. Um, I, I'm a, I'm low key worried about this, this game, if I'm being honest, because I, I think Montreal blames us for missing the playoffs and and you know has a certain anger about us getting the CONCACAF berth when they were the the championship holders um you know like they need more ammunition against Toronto but <laughs> but I do I do think they're coming into this rather hot um and I, I I'm there's a, there's a worry for me I'm not gonna sugarcoat it I'm, I'm yeah there's I'm no doubt Montreal's the favorites mm-hmm. no doubt heading into this yeah. match they're the favorites but uh who knows who knows man yeah are they healthy, Montreal? Do they have everybody back, or are they still like short up top? Do we know that offhand? That's good. I'm going to assume that some people that are, gonna, are coming back. Let's just assume that some people yeah. that they've had injured are coming back, and let's just assume that you know we're going to field maybe two DPS at any given time, right? Because I doubt Jefferson Soteldo is going to be well, like one and a half in this game. Just yeah, one fine. But one but one and a half DP. <laughs> so we're so we're already at the same detriment we've been at all season. The season just passed in the rear view, right? Where where the starting eleven that we field is definitely not going to be our best eleven, which is a problem. Um, and you know, I you know, Montreal is going to probably be in a much better position to field their best eleven. So, and they're at home, and it's yep. been a couple weeks removed. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm I've got a genuine worry. Absolutely. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it'll be there's so there's so much about that that makes this intriguing and and you know all the factors we just mentioned makes this matchup that much more interesting. So um Do yeah. you sorry, do you as a TFC if you're a TFC fan, would you feel better about this season if they win the Voyager's Cup? Absolutely. Oh yeah. No question. No. no Without question. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I think, think Javi would feel better about it. I think the front office would feel better about it. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. I, mm-hmm. I I feel like you're about to swoop in with like a take that's just going to blow our minds. So go nuts. No, no. It's it's not a take at all. Like I'm I'm wondering that just because, like as Ollie alluded to, no matter what happens in this game. There's going to be massive changes. I don't think. Yeah. I don't. Maybe Javier Perez aside, but even that's a maybe. I don't think yep. anyone's saving their job if TFC wins the Voyagers Cup. No. So for me, like, yes, I. And obviously, having that Champions League spot is a huge, huge addition and huge plus you, on you TFC see, you, season. You, but okay. But other than that, it doesn't doesn't sugarcoat anything for me. It's that this team needs some significant changes, and I mean they beat York, they beat Pacific to get to this final, and it's one game. Yeah. So obviously, you know, if they win, it's it's great. But for me, that that doesn't change anything in terms of the mentality this front office front office should have heading into the off season. I think it does. 
because if we win and we get that Champions League berth, that cuts our offseason by half. So some of the moves that we wanted to make, we're not going to make because we need to field a roster for those those early mm. Champions League matches. So some of the guys that are on the bubble, say your Tsubasa Endos or your Patrick Mullins or your whatever the case is, <laughs> may... I did, of course. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they get a reprieve because there isn't enough time to to pursue a deal for them because we've got bigger fish to fry before before we need to be in Club Lyon or, or sorry Monterey or wherever the hell we need to go. Right. I mean, if Patrick Mullins comes back at the same price as he he was this season, uh, we riot. I'm sorry, Patrick <laughs> Mullins is a fantastic person, a great human being. Like he's great person to have in the locker room. Just not at that price. Sure, sure, sure. But but you do see my point, which is I do that, see your that, point, Jeff. You know I do. what I mean? Your like like if, we, sure. if we get that berth, then it then it then it accelerates everything that we plan to do, right? But then and, again, um, then then the question remains: like, would you rather prioritize the Champions League run, potential Champions League run, which we know will be really tough regardless, sure. or would you rather prioritize getting taking the time to get this team right? If we get the berth, we prioritize Champions League because you don't throw, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Do you know what I mean? And we want, we want that title. So, you know, if I'm if I'm Ali Curtis, if I'm Bill Manning, and I win the game on Sunday, then it changes everything. And yeah, I do think some bubble players maybe get a reprieve just simply to have I can't say I agree. Yeah, I can't say I think at that point you bring like you bring in some of the young guys or, or figure that out like. I mean, it worked against Club Leon. Remember Club Leon, guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, so we at least got one round where we can just we can play we can play the kids, yeah. and and then we've got to make all of our moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of moves, I'm segueing oh, you, Mitch. Such a good transition. But yeah. I do have one more point to say. Oh, like, oh, sure. I need to come, yeah, I need to come back. I need to come back at Jeff because Jeff does this to me all the time and cuts off. My I know it's becoming so, like so. I'm yeah. I'm I'm returning fire, but. It just it just quickly reminded me of that Greg Vanny quote that he got absolutely like eviscerated for, where he said one time that like sometimes it's good to not qualify for the Champions League because then you can have a proper off season. I think he said that before the twenty twenty. You're one hundred, sure. yeah. 100%. Well, that's that's when they didn't qualify. Right? So. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's easy. It's definitely easier to say. He that did say that though. I yeah, 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 yeah. But like, there is, is truth in that. Yeah there, yeah, there definitely is some truth in that. That it, like the off season does become easier when it's longer. And when you have time to ease into it versus just like, like Jeff said, going to some crazy altitude and yeah. <laughs> running out a bunch of guys. So yeah, yeah um, exactly. So that is something to definitely keep in mind. But a big part of this off season will of course continue to be the chat around Sebastian Javinko. I don't know if I have too much more to add on this, but they, mm-hmm. there is confirmation that the talks are continuing between his agent and Tron FC salary continues to reportedly be the sticking point in all of this. Um, so I guess we'll see anyone have any, opinions I on think, this i think the deal week. is done and this is shenanigans i think the deal's been done for a long time and this is pure shenanigans and they're just trying to create drama where none exists because a column has to go out every week but i i do i do think that, that this is a done deal um and uh yeah yeah uh and i do i i don't think money was ever an issue but that's just me wanting to believe in this redemption arc <laughs> so badly do you know what i mean yeah. so so i will cry if it's proven that that the guy that left for more money came back expecting more money because mm-hmm. my god that that just means that there's a rot in 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 the club culture that i that i i didn't expect uh at all so i don't like it uh, in a weird 
weird way, man. I, I agree with Jeff. Mm. In a weird twist of events. <laughs> I, I, I actually agree with Jeff here. I, I think that... All right, let's wrap up this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, seriously, something's going on. We're done. Here. Yeah, we're done. Yep. <laughs> um, no, I actually think that there's some truth to that. I don't think it, it's fully done. I don't think all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. But, sure. But something's happening. Yeah. Something's happening. I mean, I, I think maybe the contention is that to years, right? Like maybe he wants a three-year deal at a really low price. Yeah. Like, I don't even do, know. Can we do one set? I don't even know the finer like, details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But – but I, I like he wants to come back here. TFC would love to bring him back, obviously at the right place. I think Steve Buffy yeah. was reporting that you know they're taking it as a courtesy to him. Um, but I think you know if if at the right price TFC get the guy, then they're absolutely gonna gonna absolutely. go for it. Um, no question. And Jeff, we we said this even when the report first came out that you know that they're too far apart in numbers, and you know there was no deal that was gonna happen. Like we we said we weren't buying it. Because no, I don't. I never bought this it. This happens. No. We've seen this saga happen so many times, uh, with especially with with this particular player. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, for me, like uh, telling you guys, like when I I saw him, obviously when I went to the game, and and that that did not look like a guy who was just just visiting. Like he looked like yeah. he was he was more than comfortable here and really getting. Yeah, to know he was. Of, yeah, he was taking measurements for his locker, so he could just keep it up with, with <laughs> obviously yeah, speakers a lot and stuff like that. that yeah. yeah. Um, be reading too far into that but i mean he could have signed anywhere by now and he's well, there's so much to continue over to the do this right like even you you retweeted his instagram post right where he's like back home and 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 people were like he knows what he's doing mining we're just mining it for details like if you yeah. know well you know he lives here so it doesn't mean tfc's his home and it's like well of course captain obvious but he's you know this is a guy from the chris mavinga school of 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 cryptic social media <laughs> right and uh uh i mean graham is talking about insignia and uh he's saying i doubt that happens you know we could afford to pay him $10 million a year. Mm -hmm. His cap hit once he's in the DP range, we could pay him a billion dollars a year and it still pulls that amount out of his salary cap. So, mm -hmm. you know, at, at, at that point it becomes, you know, what this what is the player the, want. What does the player want? But this is the benefit of having deep pockets, right? When we talk about MLSE's deep pockets, this is what we mean. Where you can be roster compliant and then blow your brains out, like just but spend this would be tens of this would be on another level, though. Yeah, this another, would be yeah, taking yeah, another yeah. step forward, which we haven't oh, seen MLSC do this yet. This would break the world, man. This would this would break the world in a way, in almost in a way of what paying Seba that eleven million that he wanted a bunch of years ago would have broke the world. Like this will break the world. Um, and there's no sense, guarantee you, you that, have. You have mm -hmm. like moves like Ibra, Thierry Henry, David Beckham that like sure, obviously sure. have been a lot more substantial than what this would be in terms that, of financial. That's old school MLS. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm more mean. I more mean that this breaks the world in that it would be on the books as opposed to like the Blaze Matuidi special where he's got ten condos that, that are worth more than yeah. yeah that are worth more than ten million dollars, but he's getting paid peanuts in in the press. Right? This would be MLSE saying nope. We're going to do this above the line. We're paying him a European rate. We're still roster compliant. Game on the rest of the league, right? Like, that's what I mean when I say it. Yeah. Like the world, because it's not about underhanded deals anymore. It's about deals right above the line. You know, if you want to, if you want to, you got to put up and shut up, right? Like, you know, the player's 30, but, but, but the, the way that this deal would be structured is a clarion call to the rest of MLS without question. Well, yeah, I, I think there is legitimate interest there. 
from TFC and is in Insigne. But with that being said, like, uh, there's it's tough to convince someone to make a move over to Toronto, to over to North America when you're playing in one of the highest levels in in Europe. You're still in the prime of your career, and you have a potential World Cup to compete for. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you think that that's over overdrawn now? Do you think that that's people no. thinking thinking no. post? No, I think that's you really. Do you think that it's that it's a legitimate knock on on this forward who's scoring goals for fun? You really think he's not going to get called up to to the Azuri because he's playing overseas? Well, we've seen that, this presence. This no, I know we've seen that. it, Mitch. I know we've seen it, but do you yeah. think that we're maybe hedging? But our why risk that? Past? Why risk that when I'm sure he has lots of pl- plenty of offers elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Like he can make that move over to North America when he's 33, 32. No problem. I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying, what's to stop him from making the move now and then? And then being an absolute, like if he, if he's that risk, it's a risk. Yeah. It's the, it's it's still the mentality. Like it, like it's still going to take a long time for this to change. I know by this point we were supposed to be, or MLS is supposed to be a top 25 league in the world or sorry, not top 25 top, uh, whatever. Cause it is. They are top 25. They're absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know where that number came from. Um, (laughs) no, I think, (laughs) I think Garber said, I think Garber (laughs) said like, like top one league or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but you remember the the Chicharito interview where he like cried when he was going to MLS. That's <laughs> such a fair like, point. Like, but also he's so old school, and he was crying to his dad, who's even more old school, right? I'm just yeah, I'm worried I, I, that I know, but yeah, that's that's yeah. still like that's still a mentality that exists. It's like I'm not saying it's gone. MLS, I'm just yeah, I'm just saying it yeah. may be a lot less than what than what people are are pause. You know, Chicharito maybe didn't have to cry about it, right? Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I don't think it's disappeared, but I, I do I do think maybe we're giving it a bit too much credence, right? Because like mm-hmm. if the Azuri coach isn't is like, no, you play in North America, you're not gonna be on my team. You're scoring a million goals a yeah. game, but you're not good enough. Maybe he's not a good coach, right? Like that's yeah, just seems it definitely reflects like, I, I would have yeah. to reflect more on the the coach than it would um on you know certainly anything else but I, yeah. it is still it still exists world it's, cup only happens once every four years yeah. if there is a any sort of risk involved in in making that move over then mm-hmm. it's a legitimate concern um, i don't i don't especially, especially coming it. off winning the euros like they'll be one of the yeah. favorites going into this world cup just because of absolutely that. yeah absolutely. and it's a deep it's a deep italy squad too as we've mm-hmm. known for years like it's not like you know insignia is a very very good player but it's not like they mm-hmm. lose insignia that they they're losing the whole World Cup. Like they have sure. Italy's a roster in particular that's made out of a lot of depth. There's no like real one star on that team. Um, so again, it's it's another risk that's involved. Yeah, yeah. At a World Cup year, if as a player, that that's what you want to do. You want to play in the World Cup. Um, I think everyone grows up dreaming of that. So of course, of course. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, find it so a... hard to believe that the league we support has that stigma that level of stigma attached to it for that top line elite talent, because then it's not about re- uh, opening up the salary cap. It's not about letting teams spend more. It really is about changing that mentality. Right. And again, Jeff, you could be yeah. right. You could, he could come yeah. over to MLS and he could easily find his, his, his spot in, in the world cup on that Italy roster. But mm-hmm. there's, there's always that if, and I think that that might be one of the things that's, yeah, that's tough right now. And I think well, I mean, look at look at what Graham's saying right here. Week to week, the travel for him playing in MLS would be much more taxing than traveling within a European country. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's that can't be 
undervalued, but look at what our Canadian men's national team uh, top line players are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, I just, it has to work both ways, right? We can't, we can't celebrate one and then discount the other, right? So I don't yeah, think it's yeah. uh, like, I don't think it's getting, um, like, I think it's certainly getting better. And we've seen that. We've talked about Ryan Gold. We've talked about Luis Serajo. Like, these two guys who are in their prime coming over from top European teams. Like, that didn't happen before. Yeah. yeah. So, there's it's definitely getting better. But it's still, for these top, top guys, it's still definitely a factor. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that and that means that it's not simply a matter of money that, that's, no. that's no, precluding them coming to, to, pl- to apply their wares over here. Mm-hmm. It's It's the impression of MLS. Right, which is which is something that we you don't know talk would help about. with with, mm-hmm. with that reputation. Canada qualifying for the World Cup, guys. <laughs> yeah, Canada. Sure. But I mean, the United the, the United Cup. States have been qualifying since the league since the league began, right? Other than other than that last mm-hmm. flame out, you know, they've had a much better uh, 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 record of, of qualifying for World Cups, and it still hasn't increased the the viability of MLS. Well, no, it, it has, but we're still talking about that stigma here in 2021. Sure. Right? So but it, that, it hasn't. That, yeah. Yeah. That takes time. You, we, as we all know, European soccer fans are, <laughs> are yeah. and they've got a hundred something years head yeah, start. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, yeah. they're stubborn and it takes time to, to convince them yeah. again. That's something that the Canadian men's national team has had to overcome for, for many, many years. And we're just starting to see that breakthrough. So, um, it's kind of the same with MLS. baby steps, so baby steps. Let's qualify for a world cup before we worry about yeah. signing insignia. I, I love like that. Show I like Ryan. It. Yeah. If, if Italy, Italy qualify, that's, that's, that's such true. a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. They're in a playoff now. They have to, well, let's, uh, let's finish up then with the last Canadian soccer thing on the agenda we mentioned, and we won't go too long on this because we have gone long in general, but the mm-hmm. Canadian Premier League semifinals, we'll talk a lot more about the final once that gets confirmed on a on a future show. That'll definitely be Absolutely. a big topic What for stupid us. scheduling. Holy yeah. crap. Unbelievable. <laughs> TFC at one, yeah. Forge at three. And yeah. uh, let me tell you, I got I got to watch both of them at home because the time is just too tight to get to, yeah. to, get to Hamilton to see that, that semi. That's yeah. true. I didn't even consider that when I was uh, when I was looking at the the schedule this week. Like that's uh, that's super unfortunate. Definitely. For, yeah, it's pretty unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. So paint for, the picture here, Mitch. Who's yeah. uh who's a uh, who's matching up here? Well, we'll start with Forge, and they're playing York United, who have been a nice, of course. nice little surprise <laughs> uh, this year in terms of I, I think just being a young club, like kind of prioritizing a lot of younger players, under twenty players um guys like Lowell Wright who have who have come through yeah. instead of Impressive. you know the the past guys uh Joe Dacharia uh Manny Aparizzo like they let a lot of veterans go this summer so the fact that they qualified for the playoffs at all is like a really good indicator that they're doing something right in York I think and like that's I uh, agree um that's that's definitely a step forward they're gonna get smashed by forge forge is <laughs> probably still the best team in the, in the yeah, canadian gonna, Premier league they, they're gonna get absolutely smashed by yeah, forge they, they've proven saying, that yeah. time and time again uh obviously the concacaf league qualifying for the concacaf champions league itself like that's a massive step for forge they're gonna come in confident and, and hungry um for this one so I, I mean i don't want to discredit york but and again like, i do they've done a lot of good things but yeah i think forge uh Smash them. Forge is the favorite that one. They, they have all the forwards. Forget about it. Forget Absolutely. about it, guys. Just yeah, yeah. The Saturday the one. Others. Is, yeah, super interesting. Like that. That one this is, is the marquee. Yeah, because mm-hmm. those are two teams where like either of them loses that game, they're going to be massively disappointed because both of these yeah. teams see themselves as 
the champion. Like they see themselves as the best team in, in the Canadian Premier League. Calvary's proven that the past couple of seasons with, yep. with how they've played in the, the regular season, that they're a top, top club. And Pacific's had an amazing year. Um, I think they have maybe the best roster in the Canadian Premier League. I know that's that's a question. Eh, no, it's still Forge. But... It's still Forge. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, your Forge bias is yeah. showing just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that'll be that'll be an amazing match. And those teams, like, they both play good soccer and they're both uh they're both really, really good, good soccer, sides. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be a that's gonna be a great call it Mitch league, prediction. Who wins? I can say Pacific. I think Pacific is the whole thing, to be honest. That, Do that you really? Yes. Nah, I'm looking Jeff, I wonder who my... your pick is. Yeah. I got it. I got a spot <laughs> on my wall for the for the next scarf guy. So yeah. so yeah. Let's yeah, see. What a Pacific. what a fantastic year in general, though, for the Canadian Premier League. Like what That's an amazing what, unbelievable. year. And I unbelievable. Think what helps though, guys, is the history. Now we now have gears now to compare this year to, yep. and you know those rivalries are forming. Like we talk about these teams in this light is because of what we've seen in the past. Like we talk about forge and cavalry, like, you know, could they be in the finals for a third straight time? <laughs> and yeah, like, like you said, Mitch, like cavalry and Pacific, they both look at themselves as like, they're the best teams in the Canadian premier league. Yeah, And that's a legitimate show because they both genuinely believe they are because of what they've done in the past and what they're doing so far this season. Like this, this, semifinals right now is kind of mouthwatering and i'm it excited is. to see how it, really, it plays really up because honestly i I don't know how it's gonna go like you guys talk about forge you know obviously they're the heavy favorites had uh, against york but man that york team has pulled off a few surprises this season they sure have they sure have it, i don't that's think the, it's, it's, that's the it's a lock. the danger of a young team right sometimes they can come out of the gate just pummel you like if they're feeling themselves and they get the confidence they can they can run roughshod with you, but it won't happen. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love the parody though, and I love the competition. Yeah. And hey, it's a, a they they play a great year for the CPL, and it's been an unbelievable year for the for the Voyagers Cup. Just unbelievable, a fantastic, Voyagers Cup, fantastic unbelievable year, year for, for, for Canada yeah. soccer, yeah. and a horrible year for for Canadian Toronto FC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for everyone that's not the Vancouver one. Yeah. I really don't think there's a better way to end the show than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's a pretty, yeah. pretty perfect spot to wrap up. Like you I even said, mentioned, the women's team winning the, yeah, the gold medal oh too. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that, when you that, said that Canada soccer, you, you, yeah. you, it was encompassed you of all of it. But I, so, I feel yeah, like they yeah. deserve like a, their own shadow because yeah. oh my god, they, they absolutely won, do. They won the gold medal, guys. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. like I said, we will talk more about the Canadian Premier League final. It just with everything that was happening this week again, we went 40 minutes without talking about Toronto FC playing in a cup final. So that tells you kind of just what and how much is going on right now. But we'll wrap things up. Hold there. on, Mitch. I got to interrupt Ooh. you again. Score yes. predictions tonight, boys. Ooh. Score predictions. Two one. I don't Canada. do predictions. I, I Two was on one Canada. Yeah. You bitch, man. Yeah. You're never the guy that's ever always like going out on an edge there, no. trying to. Yeah, oh, wow. Um, Here comes Mike's tonight. four nothing. Let's go, Mike. What's <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> um, I got. Believe, Mike. Believe. I got one 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 All one. Right. We got one one. Yeah. I'm not going to do numbers because I I I don't want to jinx it, but I will say I think Canada's going to win. There we go. Yeah. There's our predictions. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, of course, to Ollie Platt for joining us. He'll be there tonight. Uh, you can make sure to watch him on the One Soccer broadcast and uh, hear him steal our Ice Tekka um, <laughs> thing and hopefully hopefully give us credit for that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Cheers to all of you for watching, listening, interacting. 
on behalf of Jeffrey Pinesco and Michael Singh, have a great week, everyone. Go Canada. Thank <laughs> you.